Hello, welcome to this week's edition of the Africa Climate Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Mbogwa. Last week, we heard about how our community is sharing water with wild animals through conserving a natural spring and how this is helping reduce human-wildlife conflict. Today, the Kenya National Bureau of Statistics records that between January to September 2019, Kenya registered about 160,000 motorcycles and nearly 6,000 three-wheelers. The worrying thing is the fact that these motorcycles, highly increasing in demand, thanks to a growing young population in search of employment, they produce more carbon dioxide emissions than cars. According to David Rubia, an air quality and mobility program officer at the UN Environment, one motorcycle can have 30 to 40 times more hydrocarbon emissions than an average car. Now, how is this? An average motorcycle today still has a carburetor, as opposed to an electronic fuel injection found on an average car. Now, this affects how a car consumes fuel and hence the amount of emissions it is responsible for. If you've ever been to Nairobi City in Kenya, some of the city roads are known for traffic snarl-up. People spend many hours sitting in traffic. And this just don't only happen in Nairobi, it's happening in many, many African cities as they develop. Now, Strathmore Energy Research Center, located at Strathmore University in Nairobi, is producing a solar-powered three-wheeler bicycles to help decongest the city and reduce emissions while providing power to those who are using it. So the thing is, uh, this bicycle is powered by four solar batteries, okay? So the plan is, if you're using this solar bicycle during the day to run your errands, for example, if you're a mamamboga or you deliver goods from one place to another, you use this solar bicycle, powered bicycle, every the whole day. Then in the evening when you go home, these batteries, you can use them at home to power your home, okay? So I met up with Ignatius Maranga, who is a renewable energy engineer and researcher at the Strathmore Energy Research Center, and asked him why solar e-cycle. So solar e-cycle is an idea that came up by a Canadian guy called Roger Christen in Morocco, but later we saw it fit to have it in Kenya because we have very many issues in the country here, um, like the number of hours women spend fetching water and firewood, um, also the electrification, like the number of people connected to electricity is very low. And the number of people upcountry who um, actually need vehicles or transport, cheap transport systems. So that's why we, we came up with the project here. And what inspired the solar cycle technology? So basically, solar cycle is powered by a 300 watt solar panel. So the solar panel charges batteries and these batteries power motors that move the vehicle. So why we chose this is people in the villages do not have to use fuel and refuel the vehicle every time. Then this is clean energy and the sun is available. It's throughout um, the tropics uh, in Africa throughout the year. So it's an easy and cheap method to solve these problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How many batteries does it have? Uh, there are four 12-volt batteries. So it's a 48-volt system. Uh, and most electric vehicles in the world operate on 48 volts. So this is something that can be implemented and can use when we get to a point where we want to improve the vehicle we can use um, the electric vehicle technology that's actually being employed in the electric vehicles the only thing you need to do is um, to have your vehicle uh, in an area with the sun and it will move because the batteries will start being charged automatically there's no switch 
uh, to switch on uh, the charging and uh, not switch on the charging. I don't necessarily have to pedal. No, you only pedal when the batteries are off and there's no sunlight. Okay. Yeah, like there's no sun to charge the batteries and the batteries used all the charges in the batteries. So that's when you'll probably have to hit pedal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that means I don't necessarily have to know how to know to ride a bike. No. Okay. Yeah. And and so if I want to use that battery later on when I go home, can I do that? Yeah, actually, there were two main um, problems you wanted to solve. One was um, mobility, the other was power generation. So the model is um, people in the village would use the vehicle during the day to do their business, and during the night they would use it to power their homes. Yeah, so it's a win-win, use it during the day and during the night. And uh, the business model is the car costs uh, a thousand US dollars, but now we, we have it on a pay-as-you-go model where the villagers will pay two US dollars every day for about three years. So we plan on starting small, um, first get a village, put up 10, uh, then see how the 10 vehicles uh, are working, uh, ask villagers for feedback, improve it, you know, then after they are very satisfied with it, we improve to other 20, you know, get feedback from more. So we want to go gradually, slow by slow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are the challenges you expect? Um, you know, it's a new thing and uh, people basically fear change. And so getting guys to accept the change is something I'm actually expecting. Yeah. And trying to convince them to move right. this way because there are very many uh, motorbikes uh, called Boda Bodas in the village. So trying to make them move from Boda Boda to this is going to be a challenging issue. Yeah. yeah. The transport sector accounts for at least 22% of all global-related carbon dioxide emissions. This is according to the International Council on Clean Transportation. Now, when it comes to Africa, it accounts for about 40% of these emissions. Now, Jeffrey Rono is a researcher at Strathmore University and one of the directors at Solar eCycle. And he tells us why this solar-powered motorcycle is an important tool for everyone to have. You see, solar cycle is very interesting because it brings together mobility and uh, and renewable energy together. And with that, it's a very powerful tool because then you see what happens now is people put on put put solar panels on their roofs to power their homes, but it doesn't address their transport needs. So, as much as like the government is that is is electrifying homes in rural areas, but those homes still the the households and the occupants need to move from their homes to the market, but that hasn't been addressed, and they still be we're using imported. Fossil fuel to meet that gap, or or human uh, people walk or use donkeys, so that there's still a gap there, and it needs to be addressed. You know, if, if you are seeking to be a modern country, uh, so it it it's 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 a different way of thinking, and it, I think it's a way of the future. You know, that yeah, imagine that this vehicle can during the day you can use it as a means of transport. In the evening you come back, you plug it in, and it powers your home. It's an empowerment tool. We've got two kinds of um, target markets. So one I would say is the urban. So think of golf courses, airports, uh, campuses like this one. Um, so where people need to move from point A to point B, you know, uh, they can use this this vehicle either under a pay-per-use model or or uh, um, uh, or an entrepreneur has, has acquired it and is is renting it out for for people. So we're actually thinking of more like an, an Uber system, so an, an app ailing system. So that's the first market. Second market now is on rural areas. Uh, so actually being applied in of the main road, of course, affordability is a big issue. Can they afford it? Thousand uh, dollars is a lot of um, it's a lot of money, uh, and 
uh, here definitely we see a big role in terms of grants or government support to build this vehicle to to those households there but we also think of business models where because we don't want to own those vehicles which are being operated by home so that part is buying from us and availing to villages villages out, outside in the villages so so in terms of development where we are now we are still i would say in the pilot phase we're not yet fully commercial um so what we are starting now with we're starting with a model for commercial use and one more for human transportation needs with some with some small small luggage so there's two models we have now um, and those are the ones we want to pilot with definitely there is uh, room uh, to develop other models as the market demands uh, when do you expect to start mass production i would say in in the next six months the next six months, in the next six months. what we are doing now so we are we are uh, working hard to have this deployed in an urban area so and sit in Nairobi and in rural areas and then we can observe them and uh, take measurements and observe how they perform and in terms of the battery capacity what is the lowest and the highest so in terms of our sizing of the battery and our thinking we are um, sizing in uh, with the thinking that we would like that if this vehicle uh, is fully charged you can drive it for 50 kilometers without a problem okay so they are they are sized in a manner that at full capacity at full load uh, fully loaded you can go for 50 kilometers without uh, any problems beyond that you may just have to cycle home if, if the if the sun is radiation is low that on that day then you may have to cycle home because it's got pedals in it mm. yeah okay yeah yeah oh, so that's the rate we're looking at mm. yeah okay yeah oh, okay in terms of challenges we are we are having or facing uh one is really a policy and classification what is this what is, is it a vehicle is it a bicycle what is it you know so it's not, it's not there in the traffic act it's not classified so that's one of the issues we are we are facing in terms of also insurance so if you go and get insurance for this so the insurance guys how will they classify this thing uh, secondly also i think permission to operate on the roads the maximum speed in country is 50 kph so, yes just for safety purposes because as you can see um safety is a key concern so we are limiting the speed to 50 and uh, so it can also cause traffic uh snarlaps because it's it can be slow so also Maybe there there would be some designated areas you can operate in, in a city. Rural area, I don't see a much of a challenge, but in an urban area, uh, it needs to be. We need to work together with the county governments to to see uh, where this can be placed without uh, causing any disturbance. And also, issues of tax and tax exemption. So uh, when we were importing these components, uh, we only got exempted from from the modules and the batteries, what is typically solar components. But the motors and everything else, the frames, we had to pay duties on them. You know, uh, and you know what the government is now uh, trying to classify electric vehicles as, as tax-free or duty, duty exempt from duty, but it's still not yet there. So we also would like uh, that addressed. Um, in terms of local manufacturing, uh, uh, I think the costs are still very high. You know, um, the, uh, the, we, we we don't yet have we don't have our own workshop, so we are working with third parties when we subcontract. The cost is still uh, facing a very high cost there in terms of fabrication of this of this vehicle okay. yeah and in terms of like maintaining it like if, if let's say for example someone i buy it and mm. i'm somewhere in kakamega how mm. will they make be maintained yeah so it's a major it's a major con- it's a major concern we have because uh, we must definitely must anticipate problems okay. and uh, so we will we see a major cost in terms of having uh people to maintain this mm. it's, it's actually it's a cost consideration uh because you must you must also find someone who's good with electrics and like electronics so the problem with the panel or the batteries or the connections or those connections someone must be able to pick it out or is a mechanical problem with the wheels or at least the, the bicycle side of things because so many bicycle uh, 
uh, technicians in villages. Can, yeah. Can, yes. So all the, all the yeah. wheels and all yeah. those all, mm. all the parts, but mostly on the on the side of, uh, of the, the, the electrical side of things and the motors as where we 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 think we need um, need to be addressed here. Yeah. Okay. In terms you but you pro- everything is produced here is it other things that are produced outside and shipping them? Yeah, so our concept for this product was always uh, that you can actually um, most most parts are off the shelf. So the major components are the panels, the batteries, the charge controller or the electronic, uh, the wheels and the frame. So those are really the major components and most of the components we import them except the frame we locally fabricate it, but the, the modules and all these things we import them because uh, there isn't there just isn't a local uh, market here. So we import and fabricate here. Yeah. All right. And that's yeah. making things uh, difficult. Yes. And, 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 or maybe, yeah. like, no, that's what makes the bike a little bit more expensive. Yes. Yes. We can achieve about a 10% saving if we're able to knock off those uh, government duties and, and levies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As use of solar energy takes shape in Africa, there is a danger of pollution out of the renewable energy. For example, these bicycles they are powered by solar and they have batteries so basically when the life shelf ends what happens to this battery anwar shera who is the quality control manager at the strathmore energy research center tells us how the center will be safeguarding polluting of the environment with more batteries so one of the um, things that a lot of researchers around the world are looking at is how to recycle batteries in a more environmentally friendly way for example, lead-acid batteries, um, it's very easy to recycle the lead components, but then the acid component needs to be disposed um, in a better way. And these are things that are being done. Um, uh, lithium-ion batteries, the same thing. And one of the things that for us, for this project, we'll be very interested in is in the ecological impact of the batteries which will come off of this project after they've been used. And um, we're still considering buyback solutions in terms of uh, the batteries themselves. That's to say that um, you will not fully own the battery, so to say. You will be able to return it and then get a new battery um, once it's full. But those are, those are some of the models that we're looking at in, in, in terms of these bicycles. But um, the most important thing for us is that we will figure out who are the people who are in the e-waste sector in Kenya so that we're able to identify people who will help us with the e-waste that will come off of these batteries. So we're not just talking even about uh, um, uh, the, the batteries only. We're talking about even the solar panels. Because it's very important for us to figure out what happens at the end of life. It's not fair for us to expect the people in rural areas to actually handle this problem by themselves. Because most of this will end up in pit latrines if you leave it there. And that means that it will seep into the water that we're drinking. Because um, at the end, lead is very poisonous based on you know, um, years of research. So due to the poison level, due to the effects that lead can have, would really like to avoid leaving this in the hands of communities. Okay. And, and the battery and the solar PVC, what's the life shelf? Yeah, so batteries um, uh, should live for approximately seven to nine years. And then um, uh, solar panels should live to about 25 years. Okay. Yeah, um, even though that is an approximation on that is done on, uh, you know, a stationary solar panel and a stationary um, battery. battery and there's a lot of factors which will probably change when it stops being stationary and that's one of the things that we'd like to look at yeah and the thing i like about this is that the solar panels here are flexible solar panels which means that they don't crack easily 
and that means that they will last longer actually so the only thing that would be of concern like i said is mainly the batteries but um for that we're trying to find all um avenues to try and solve um the issue okay what do you say the the flexible gym So flexible solar panels were kind of developed so that people are able to fold them up and walk away with them. So literally that solar panel you can be able to like roll it up and go with it somewhere even in a desert and 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 be use and use it. It also has less weight because it's on the roof. You need the solar panel to be as light as possible and that is what the flexible solar panel um does. So this for us um we we use the flexible solar panel for multiple reasons but mainly it was the weight issue and also um i would say their ability to operate in you know had that okay uh, what are the main things that the users need to consider what how do you maintain them yeah so cleaning of the solar panel that is of utmost importance and for us i think one thing that we'll make sure we do is that we'll train users on how to use their um bicycles because one of the things that they need to understand is they need to clean the solar panels they need to clean the battery terminals so battery terminals especially for uh, lead acid batteries will um will 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 grow some residue which you need to clean off and a lot of times when you leave this walk to rural communities people use all sorts of things including acid to clean the terminals which is very dangerous so what we hope to do is to be able to train communities on each and every part of the bicycle and what not to do i know sometimes things like bicycles if you've seen the way people use bicycles they load them with literally everything and for this one if you load it if you overload it one of the things that we'll be looking at is what happens if you overload it but from our experience what happens when you overload it is that it um consumes more power which means it makes it um it makes the batteries kind of um fail faster that was Strathmore University in Nairobi working to reduce mobility emissions through solar powered three wheeler bicycles Join me again next week as we explore local solutions to the climate issues we face daily. Remember, this podcast is available on all podcast channels that you access your other podcast from. And alternatively, you can just listen to it on my website africaclimateconversations.com. Also, please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and do not forget to like our Facebook page. We are on socials as Africa Climate Conversations. Please remember to subscribe and share. You never know. This information might be very very useful to someone on your timeline. Until next week, kwaheri, do have yourself a productive and safe week ahead. Mm-hmm.